the Imperium. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast from sunny England. My name is Dan and today I'm joined by Siege Master Foot. And we are, Siege Master or are you Master of the Flame? Which one? Um, I'm feeling a bit scaly today. So a bit scaly, Master of the Flame. Today I'm joined by Master of the Flame Foot and we are talking about all things, not only salamanders, but as you can probably work out, also Imperial Fists, but also Crimson Fists, but also Black Templars. Oh, but we're not talking about Black Templars because they're not in the damn book. No. Outrageous. No. I'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see whether there is another book coming that includes Black Templars, dot, 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 in brackets, there might be, uh, TBC. (laughs) Uh, So, Steve, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, Lots of hobby going on at the moment. Um, So, uh, yes, smelling of superglue and fingernails covered with car spray paint. So, um, what are you working on at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm doing a one-to-one scale Skaven Warrior. So it's going to be a bit of cosplay to take to Blood oh, and Glory. A one-to-one scale? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, so Skaven cosplay. Yes. You absolute maniac. What does that involve? Um, uh, more than I originally thought when you come to it. Because you pull out, you <laughs> so pull out every a model. Warhammer player ever about <laughs> yeah, any <sorry>. project. <laughs> yeah. How long is it's that going to take? Oh, yeah. well, it's only two days for the tournament, so it should take about two days. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, so it's uh, EVA foam armor, um, some sackclothing underneath. Then it's turning an old backpack into a warp condenser. Um, ah, so you're going Scryer. Scryer, yes. That I makes sense be. given your, your preferences and army that you've got your do-wheel army. Yes, yes. So the hashtag for the project is Warp Dig Alive. Um, warp Dig Alive. So yeah, check it out, listeners. Warp, hashtag Warp Dig Alive to see Stephen dressed as a large rat. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, it's been a really good fun I've been obviously help YouTube helps with all these things, following some people that how they tackle and build these things. And um, although I'm pleased with how it looks, there's so much I would do differently. So it's, I think for me, hobby very much is about let's try something, learn from it rather than necessarily I'm not your yeah, professionally trained engineer or you know master modeler. So rather than spending all that time perfecting a single thing and then rolling it out i'm very much let's have a go yeah and like you say you've been using youtube a lot for kind of tutorials and stuff have you yes or at least that's what you've been explaining to your wife why you've just relentlessly watched been watching youtubers of cosplayers all this time (laughs) yes exactly you have to pick and choose those because you uh... have to make sure you're watching the right types of ones (laughs) yes exactly and don't go onto their patreons (laughs) <laughs> yes yes so if the missus catches me making a uh chainmail bikini then i know i'm in trouble <laughs> uh, i i i can't i i'm speechless words <laughs> words escape me moving swiftly preferably as soon as with <laughs> moving swiftly back into the 41st millennium yes um, what have let, you been up to what then? have i been up to i have been uh procuring the next stage of my uh, Sons of Medusa army. Yeah, okay. So I have bought a couple of Stormhawk interceptors, which were tough to find because they're sold out everywhere because uh, they're quite good. And I've also managed to um, manage to find uh, a friend, uh, a chap called George, lovely chap. He is selling his old Salamander's army, his 30k army, uh, 30k mixed 40k army, and part of it included a Fire Raptor. Ooh. Yeah. So it's painted green. 
and it's assembled, and anyone that has assembled a Fire Raptor will know that it's worth paying double retail just to have it assembled. <laughs> because assembling that thing is an absolute, I don't know, you know, we try and keep the podcast clean, so I won't describe what it's like to assemble, um, having tried and failed myself once. So uh, I've got a pre-assembled one. And, so is, uh, it, is it all resin parts? Uh, no, it's... Um, combo kit. Combo it? kit. Although, no, what was the one I tried to assemble? Maybe it was a Storm... Storm Raven's the plastic one. Fire Raptor's the mixed plastic one. Okay. Yeah, and there's the other one as well. Um, oh, what's it called? It's kind of got like a larger transport capacity and it's got rockets on the top. Anyway, it's another one. Is that but the yes, one? Uh, yeah, it's more like a transporty one. Yeah. Um, but the Fire Raptor gunship is... Uh, is It's a Storm Raven gunship kit but with um, resin extensions and resin bits here and there. Okay. So, yeah, it's uh, but it's assembled. It's painted green. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of airbrush the, the highlights onto it with white and then kind of glaze, almost glaze airbrush it down. Basically, I'm going to convert it from salamander's green into Sons of Medusa green. Yep. I'm going to smash a bunch of Sons of Medusa transfers on it. And uh, that's the first first of my small little flyer wing I'm going to take to um, to the GT final. Nice. When's that? That is in January. Okay, soon then. Yeah, soon. So I've, so I've, I've been kind of, took a step back from my Taylor Many Painters Army project uh, just to work out what I'm gonna take. So I haven't made a huge amount of progress on that. So I might have to kind of submit a uh, a half half thing this month and then catch up. But the idea is I'm gonna have a whole army done for January. So even if I don't catch up doing do what I need to do this month, I'm gonna be able to catch up quite quickly. Yeah. Um. So forgive me, forgive me for not keeping to the deadline. <laughs> Um, so that's what I've been doing, really. I've been working out what I'm going to take. I've written a pretty mean list, I think. It's uh, uh, Iron Hands have also been FAQ'd as well. So we've got yes. a- absolutely fact. Um, and I, to be honest, I think it's good for the game, better for the game that those changes have been made. It, clearly, it has made the list um, that I was running slightly slightly worse, but I don't think that's a bad thing because uh, I don't think they were in the right place rules-wise. No. It's also no. given me more options. So uh, Ferros, the special character, is no longer this um, absolute autototic. So it means you don't have to have a, an Iron Hands army. So I was thinking of running my Sons of Medusa's army as Iron Hands, you know, counts as Iron Hands, using all those chapter tactics in the special character. But sure. now I'm probably not going to use that character, so I can now run him as a successor. The, the whole army is a successor chapter, which means I can then, you know, I have access to all the right things, but I can also tweak the successor chapter tactics and make uh, make the army what I need it to be. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So we shall see. Let's uh, just quickly cover news. Um, yes. I say quickly, there has been quite a few. We, we alluded to it right at the beginning with Templars. So the Imperial Fist slash Crimson Fist book does not contain the Black Templars rules and any mention of the, you know, the characters or anything like that. However, yep. there has since been a Psychic Awakening 2, book 2 trailer, hasn't there? Yes, there has. There has, yes, on community website. And what that did, it started off uh, with a, you know, in space with uh, a rotating icon of the various Eldari factions that were involved in book one in Rise of the Phoenix. Yep. And uh, it then scooches over to a different bit of space and it has a, a rotating faction symbol there. It does. And it has lots of spins. It has lots of spins. It, and those spins include um, there's uh, Adeptus Sororitas, which I'm sure you're very excited about. We've kind of talked a little bit about on recent episodes. You've got Astra Militarum as well, yeah. Salamanders, White Scars. Uh, but you've also got Black Templar at the end. Yes, which is kind of holds at the end as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's uh, I guess that was the kind of the big thing, because it's, what is it, Faith and Fury? Yes. So I wonder whether 
you know, the faith is the sisters of battle because we know they're coming out in November time and it's only a few days till November. Yep. And yeah, and maybe the, the fury is Black Templars. So are we going to see new Black Templars models potentially? Certainly going to see rules. They had yeah. they had rules in Vigilus, which was cool. But so it expanded set of Black Templars rules, no doubt in um, the uh, the next book. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite hopeful for a so, so, sort of conversion kits, maybe. Yeah, uh, or a Black, so, a Black Templars here's... unique unit like Sword Brethren. Yeah, yeah. So here's a silly question then: When we first um, found out about Space Marines, we had um, a whole lot of um, spines showing ah, us that, all. So the... they are all done. They're all done. Yes. So that is. Right. Iron Hands, White Scars, um, Ultramarines, the other one, Raven Guard, that's it. Uh, yep. And then the two we're talking about today. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're, we're, yeah, we're that, supplemented out. So that kind of makes sense that we can. can yes, because uh, cause it included all of the, the kind of first founding chapters that aren't so codex non-compliant that they have their own codex so the yes. space walls the blood angels dark angels yes yeah so so it's unknown uh, territory going forward absolutely absolutely but i think what we've seen with the first book is um ho- hopefully we get that same sort of um the, the new stuff the extra stuff that we're getting because of the psychic awakening the effects on them um that kind of seems quite exciting as to it could be a special character or a, re, a, a reworked unit or something like that that would just be would just be good for all of these forces, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's just the Imperial stuff that we that we talked about. There's also a variety of different Chaos Legions that were, were had a rotating icon. I think we had Emperor's Children, Iron Warriors, Night Lords, Word Bearers, and also the the lovely Alpha Legion, my favourite. So does it feel like that compared to the first book? Does it it have to be kind of twice the size or do you think it might be more campaign like rather well, than you've got white scars salamanders so they're not yeah. going to get any new rules in there are they because they've just had a supplement so they if they're not getting rules they've got to be part of the story they're part of the story you've also got a whole yeah. bunch of chaos legions that have very relatively recently had a an updated codex Yep. So are they going to get them? Possibly. Are they going to get, you know, they're going to get like a couple of, you know, things like, like Exarch powers. We had, we had Exarch powers for yeah. Eldari. So are we going to see something like aspiring champion traits for each of the legions? You know, just a, a, a D6 table for each of the legions that are involved, you know, smaller rules updates, bit of variety. But are we going to see something like, you know, a whole expanded section like, like the craft worlds had? Probably not would be my guess. But yeah. you've got Sisters of Battle in there. They're getting a new codex. So are they going to get a whole bunch of rules? Well, <laughs> probably not because their codex is coming. So that leaves you with Astra Militarum that haven't had something for a while. And you've also yes, got um, the Black Templars. Yeah. So it would be cool to see a kind of Black Templars and Astra Militarum. And then that that's quite Armageddon-ish, isn't it? Yeah. It reflects back on our, you know, many years ago when we had the Codex Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. No, Ste- I... Steel Legion. Steel Legion of Black Templars in a book for the ultimate nostalgia hit. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. So have we got a sense of when this is coming? No idea. In the future at some point. So this weekend we've got upgrades for Knights for Titanicus and we've also got the Evi Bombers from um, Aeronautica Imperial. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Aeronautica Imperialis. Yep. God, that's a tongue twister. Uh, but we've also, very importantly, for Age of ooh, Sigmar... Ooh. Oh, we're just going to say there. Feast of, um, oh, Feast of Bones. Or... <laughs> no, 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 uh, Aeronautica. Um, I um, had some household chores to do, so I lent on Audible for a bit of listening to get on with it and um, picked up Double Eagle ah, from Black Library. Yes, you were mentioning that. You told me about this on WhatsApp, didn't you? I've, I've, yeah. I've bought it on Audible with one of my many credits and... Uh, 
I haven't yet listened to it yet. Is it good? So it's yeah, it's by Dan Abnett, and so what you're getting is a, a great mix of characters and real life mixed in with plenty of Dakar. Um, and yeah, I mean, for, for what you would imagine to be quite a visual thing, you know, dog fights is hard to explain in words. It comes across really well, and yeah, it's given me a real buzz to get mine finished. So. Um, yeah, I, I roped my son into uh, play a few games. So, trying to keep it to the start set for now. So it's like a well, I mean, it's, it's ring fenced thing that that's doesn't that's need to go bigger. Only what's really available. I'm looking forward to. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, potential future things that we might see at Blood and Glory. But uh, I reckon a, another faction for Aeronautical Imperialis might be up there. Um, but then we've also talked about, uh, just briefly there, Feast of Bones, which is the upcoming Age of Sigma battle box. That yeah. does include some new exciting models yes a whole new army's on its way so a whole new death army these are the necron tomb kings things that people have been um <laughs> uh you know getting very excited about slash um getting very grumpy about depending on if you're thriving on negativity in the hobby or looking forward to some cool new models i think for me um you know when we they first dropped it was like wow these are amazing i don't really understand what's going on and and for me there was like because it's all new this there's nothing to lean back on we've got no history we've got no background but what we've been seeing over the last few weeks is um a much more better understanding of their place why they've appeared how they work within the realms how they operate even down to how they they think and I think for me, all of that has been just making more and more sense of the models we're looking at. So, yeah, just because they're new doesn't mean there's not been a lot of thought been put into, you know, the, the, the literally the mechanics, the fact that they're, they're, they're made from bones, but they're not actually constructed from bones. The bone matter has is kind of taken down and then they're reformed out of those bones yeah so they're not they're not skeletons they're skeletal constructs aren't they that's that's the best better way of saying it (laughs) thank you and there's a reason why you're on this show um but i think for me what you then get is you can get things like the spirits of those bones or the spirits of the skulls that are put on them actually allow for them to um, influence them so for example if if the um, ivory host which comes from the realm of Gur, the realm of beasts, um, if they get um, take casualties and stuff, they get angry because the beast or element of their bone construct kind of comes through and kind of overgoes their normal kind of, you know, programming, their normal sort of um, behaviours. So it's it's really cool. And I think I think I would be excited to see that same approach applied to something all new in 40K. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they did a really great faction focus where they went down into the sub-factions of what is ostensibly just a bunch of skeletons. And they've made them... Because you know when you get new factions in? So if we look at something like Space Marine Chapters, it's easy to say, these are Space Marine Chapters. The blue ones are the noble Romans ones. The green ones are the you know fire ones that look after civilians. The black ones with crosses are the crusade ones. And it's and everyone knows what they are. You know The, the, the dark green ones with hoods are the chaos ones. Um, that kind of thing. And um, it's when you get in a new faction, how do you how do you increase that kind of um, user buy in to what if you're going to paint your new skeleton things black or red? Yes. 
then what do they belong to? What is this? Because yes. there's no there's no existing law for them. And I think it's done a really good job of kind of explaining what each of them do. And because they're, we talked about bone constructs being made up of stuff. So the ones that are made up of bones from essentially like the, you know, the pylons that, uh, you know, that got torn down in Cadia and, and caused the Great Rift. Yeah. The ones that have been made of stuff like that are... Um, anti-psychic because they're made up of Nagash's Black Pyramid which is kind of like a Necron pylon Um, whereas the ones that have been made uh, they're like they're kind of on fire and there's like fire in their bone marrow and uh, they explode and do mortal wounds when they die Yeah, and I just think it's a really cool way of like adding a lot of flavour to what is kind of a blank canvas yes and and i think that i'm sure the team had lots of fun but the you know how do we then make these guys play differently and fight differently and what rules can you bring in that means that they feel like they're just not they're just not bigger skeletons or they're not just you know slightly burny humans you know so slightly burny humans (laughs) amazing i love it i'm genuinely i'm genuinely looking forward to getting my hands on some because i have some interesting ideas for some necron conversions um and i don't know whether it's putting necron arms and guns on osiarch bone reaper bodies and using it as a necron army or it's putting osiarch bone reaper weapons on necron bodies and using it as a realm of metal osiarch bone reaper army (laughs) yes or buying both and having both because obviously if i'm using the arms on one i'll have spare (laughs) arms for use on the bodies of the other (laughs) double bubble double bubble annoying annoyingly confusing necron slash bone reaper army or maybe i'll just i'll just have mag them all magnetize them all and just have them as like one army that i can use for <laughs> both systems they'll be like ah oh, dan you have an army that you use for both systems that must be demons right and i'll be like niche niche <laughs> bone reaper necron bros ahoy watch and learn yeah watch and learn uh, uh well watch me do create one model and then and then abandon it in favor of something else no I, I, I think i think for me you're absolutely right i think the 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 construct nature and the, the sort of design features of the of the of the bodies of the um, bone reapers is definitely intriguing for doing in ceramic or doing in metal and what does that mean you know when they've got a blaster rather than a big sword so uh, yeah no i think there's lots of options there and, and also i think that necrons is one of those armies where if you buy a bunch of immortals you can either make immortals or death marks right and they both have different heads and they both got different weapons so yeah. any necron player will have a bunch of spare weapons where you could kind of kit bash this and and kind of add quite a unique flavor you know you could just put death mark heads on these and then yeah. give them sniper rifles. And they could just be like a really cool... I don't know, they're obviously very skeletal. They're, they're quite AOS-y, but then if you make them metallic, I don't know, yeah. I just think it's got it's got options. I'm sure I won't be the first person to do it. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people on Twitter, Facebook, doing cool things like that. Yeah, uh, and I think, as with all these things, it's always... We've got lots of pictures, and we've obviously got lovely heavy metal-painted models, but it's not until you get them into your hands and you, you can physically see them. I mean, sometimes models just come across as bigger or smaller than you imagine, and it's once you've got them, you suddenly go, yeah, that head's going to fit perfectly, or or oops, no, it looks like he's got a tiny head from Man Black. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so talking of new stuff, we've also had some reveals from Spiel. Yes, we have. Um, and we've had a couple of Blood Bowl bits and uh, what else? Um, some Warhammer Underworlds, some like little chibi models, some Warcry stuff. But most importantly, I guess, for uh, for us, is new Necromunda. Yes. Now, this starter box looks like something I can definitely get on board with. Yes, yes. And I think it all kicks off with this 
um, this whole premise of Necromunda going a bit deeper into the hive. Yeah. Going going, going even going further deep down the ground as the song goes. <laughs> yes. So, you know, a place where, you know, the, the gangs would fear to go rather than but they will because obviously there's great stuff to be had down there but we we've uh, we've kind of got a new faction haven't we yeah we do we have um the corpse grinder cult um and they also there's a book being released at the same time which includes something called helot chaos cults uh, which i guess is probably using kind of 40k chaos model chaos cultist type models maybe would, would make sense yeah yeah and then also gene stealer cults yeah um, which i believe they had in white dwarf as well didn't they that's not a new thing Right, okay. But um, giving them an official place in the book. Yeah. I guess it's a bit like how we've seen the Unari rules published from White Dwarf now into Rise of the Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing Cheese of the Cults published in what's called the Book of Ruin. Um, but I think the most most exciting thing for me, apart from obviously the amazing Grinder Cult models, which have just, they're just, they've got 40k Chaos Cultists conversions written all over them. Um, yeah. But uh, it's the it's the 3D terrain, so it's the the replacement to Zone Mortalis, really. Seems to be, yeah. Well, I mean, it, they're, they're they're not just it's not just replacement. It is they're calling it modular Zone Mortalis terrain. So it's the kind of the st- the blocked the blocked terrain with walls, blocks and walls, and uh, yeah, it looks looks like it comes with quite a lot of scenery. I think it would be quite a cool way to uh, you could buy a couple of these boxes, sell off the um, sell off the gangs, sell off the you know rusty barricades and things, and then you've probably got in the makings of a, a 30k zone mortalis board for fairly cheap yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know what we do know is that uh, ray dramfield's had a hand in this he has the ge- the terrain genius himself so we know that all the heights are going to match all the tubes are going to match it's going to be uh, just a dream to either add to your existing terrain or the bits you've got left from your other terrain kits and just to come together and they'll just all slot together they'll be the right heights the tubes will fit so i think for me that's just um been a really really good thing that even if you've already got some bits and pieces you can bring this on board you don't have to have it as underhive you can paint it and it starts to become the control center for your forge world assembly line or whatever it needs to be so um and especially with the little archways that are on there you know i think opportunity is there for some sort of um sort of sisters chapel or something like that do you think yeah oh yeah because it's got that kind of arched yeah oh you could even print off some stained glass and put them in there yeah so cover it in a bit of varnish to make it look like glass yeah we obviously have not seen the sprues yet but if those kits are um hollow which you've got to imagine they're going to be so whether you can cut them out leds inside has a reasonable amount of space so yes all very interesting all very interesting yeah but, um, really look forward to it i should point out though it's it wasn't uh just or it wasn't either just ray down or ray that designed it um so i think he he was tweeting about that it's a chap called owen owen Patton. so he's at owen underscore Patton p-a-t-t-e-n um who i believe designed it so oh okay they've, been, right, they've yeah. been cloning ray they've made a new ray <laughs> Ray 2 was just, just too confusing, so they decided to call him Owen instead. But yeah, no, I think I think for me this just uh, bodes well for more more kind of you know gangplanks, walkways, things that can get you into heights. I'm super happy with that in 40k. It doesn't have to be just for skirmish games. I think um, being able to be holding 
you know, just simple things like, you know, your hero holding the top of a tower and suddenly that reason for someone to charge across to get you, it's not just the 18 inches across the table, it's the other 9, 12 inches to climb the ladder and get up there. And and I think, you know, it it, it, it changes and makes you have to think in new ways of how you're fighting. So I'm all for it. And of course, the other bonus is we've got some new coppers. You do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be, um, are they not the same ones? Uh, so these guys come with the shields, I think. Oh, they? I hadn't even noticed that. I was too excited about the terrain. Yeah, just checking the sprue. No, there's no shields on there. These are kind of the riot shieldy ones. Yes. Oh, that that will go well with your um, with your ogrins. Yes. So these these will be. Um, so yeah. So these and these have also got grenade launcher or a yeah. Shot, it looks like a grenade launcher, but with shotgun shells or yes. No, it looks like a, yeah, it looks like a grenade launcher. Yes, and then there's a guy with a kind of two-handed version at the back, isn't there? Ah, oh, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah. So they've got this um, yeah, two-handed kind of assault weapon of some some type. So yeah, so I think um, depending when it's released, um, but I am at Warhammer World in a few weeks' time, so I'm hoping to pick up a box of each and pad out my. Um, Arbitey, so your forty k coppers. My forty k coppers, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, looking to get a few more games in with them soon. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, lot, lots of news. Lots of news. Um, what else we had? We also had the uh, new Forge World Blood Angel Dreadnought, the uh, Inkindius. Yes, basically a Forge World Contemptor Dreadnought with Blood Talony type weapons, but with a jump, a one use jump pack. Yes, and so the reason why I mention this is because I can imagine this will likely come with 40k rules at some point, and it had quite a cool little rule mechanic which I I thought I'd read out. So, the Inkindius booster pack may be used once per game in one of two ways. These options are mutually exclusive, and the use of one means the other may not be used in that game. So the first is it can deep strike, right? So I suspect it'll be a nine inch deployment away, that kind of thing. Yeah, or it's shock assault, and that's then broken down into two subtypes, which you can either use it in the movement phase at which point you can move at 12 inches and fly, or you can use it in the assault phase and you then roll 3d6 to charge and can fly. Wow, okay, nice. So it's, it's quite varied and it's interesting. I suppose you don't have to declare this on your army list how it's going to be used. You can wait to see what who you're playing and you know the terrain and things like that and work out whether you need to deep strike or whether you need to use it into assault, that kind of thing gives you that flexibility yeah and i think that goes back to you know what we were talking about last time which was the combat doctrines that you know the marines are as smart and as tough as all the stories we read about them is because they are flexible they, yeah they, they outthink the enemy and they outmaneuver the enemy not just yeah. they've got a three plus save yeah yeah exactly so I, I think for me it's another example of that kind of coming to life so yeah i really like it cool so all a whole bunch of new stuff has been revealed and talked about and we've got blood and glory coming up any any predictions with it only being no, not this coming weekend the weekend after um i was kind of surprised to see all of the necromunda stuff so yeah it's I quite get- interesting because all this has been revealed and we kind of thought well if that's now what's next <laughs> yeah aren't you supposed to save something i guess we're going to get um psychic awakening 2 in more detail yeah undoubtedly and that will come with more models and um i guess you know november so might get pre-release details for sisters yeah so maybe a price on that box set and christmas box sets as well details of the christmas the festive stuff yeah yeah, they're always dangerous, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. All I need to do is... <laughs> is? Oh, yeah. If I just buy two of them, <laughs> yeah. I just need to add one 
very expensive four-drill bottle to it, and then I've wasted all my hobby money for a month. <laughs> yes, exactly. The struggle is real. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, good and bad when you see that see that pop up on you scroll down going is it is it, is it all more right yeah it's like when they did the apocalypse box sets it's like uh, yeah well yeah, guilty yeah <laughs> i bought two of those for my eldari army <laughs> exactly exactly and it's weird you go into a shop like months later and it's a independent one and for whatever reason they've just got one of those boxes sat on the shelf and you're like and you're like oh well oh, i, I can't get that, get that. yeah exactly <laughs> the scarcity of it because you can't get it elsewhere you feel compelled to buy it you're like well i better get it now in case someone else buys it but it includes models for an army that collects yeah but what if i wanted to collect it in the future i'll be really i would be annoyed it passed me for not buying it i'm glad it's not just me yeah the struggle is real so that's 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 kind of news and and all yep. sorts of other things oh well, come on then but- go for it Prediction for Blood and Glory then, Dan? Oh, uh, new Aeronautical Imperialis faction. Yep, that makes sense. Maybe two of them, two new of them. I think we'll see, right, we'll see a new Aeronautical Imperialis faction. We'll see two new battle tomes, one of which will be Slaves of Darkness because we've seen leaks about that online. And we'll yeah. see uh, what the next what the next two codexes are. So two rule books for each, book, uh, each of the main systems and uh, a few smatterings of uh, specialist games. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd be happy with that. Predictions done. Done. Right, so on to the main event, Steve. Yes. Let's talk about these two new Codex Supplements. So we've got uh, Codex Supplement Salamanders and, of course, Imperial Fists. Now, yep. we're going to cover them one at a time, but when we do Imperial Fists, we'll also roll in Crimson Fists because there are two Space Marine chapters included there. Yes. You are a big fan of salamanders, are you not? Yes. Yeah, I, I can't say um, I've ever owned them, played them, or you know, read all the books or got the T-shirt. Um, but I think there's something about them that kind of a bit more bestial nature of them. Uh, their fascination with fire, planet they come from. Uh, I guess, do they just feel a bit more exotic than your regular space marine? Yeah, I think they're they're not as vanilla as say something like Ultramarines, dare I say, or or indeed Crimson Fists or Imperial Fists. You know, they 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 are kind of like you know Imperial Fists are we are Space Marines, but we like to do siege. Yeah, and um, you know Crimson Fists are we are Space Marines, but we like to paint our hands red, and and we're good at getting outnumbered. So I guess Salamander's got maybe they've got a little bit more about them. Yeah, I mean you know the, the planet's got fire drakes and salamanders and. Um, I, I think for me, uh, yeah, there's just the, the ability that, you know, they have this affinity with fire. I suppose as well that, that in a way, it can make them appear a bit mono, but obviously you can have build the units and the companies as you want. But um, I think if you've got a theme to work on and then you lean on it, then they just play it. And the nice thing is this book seems to give you lots of tools to encourage you to have Flamers, Mowers. Um, so, oh yes, it does. <laughs> which we'll go into. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's, an, it's another one of these good ones where um, a nice new character um, and you know plenty of options of how you want to build it. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's let's start with the chapter tactics because of course all these supplements have got a um, they build on the existing chapter tactic by adding a chapter doctrine kind of amendment. So the original chapter tactic for salamanders is called forged in battle. When a unit with this tactic fires Overwatch or is chosen to shoot or fight with, you can reroll a single hit roll and you can reroll a single wound roll when resolving an attack made with a weapon that has an armor penetration of minus one against unit this tactic that weapon is treated as having armor penetration 
characteristic of zero. So they're tough little son of They are. They are tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, resilient, I'd say. And yeah. we've seen this kind of damage shenanigan in some of the Iron Hands rules. Uh, but they're not just a little bit resi- more resilient. They've also got more kind of re-rolling a single hit and wound roll. It kind of encourages like an MSU style of play, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So that's a kind of double-layered thing. So that's the, you know, we discussed that when we did uh, the Space Marines book. So their chapter doctrine is the Promethean Cult. So this is where it starts to bring in some flamey goodness. Yeah. Promethean Cult. Whilst the tactical doctrine is active, when resolving an attack made with a flame or melt weapon by a model with this ability, add one to wound roll. So you plus one to wound for any flames or melters. So I, I think that's really good um, In if you're, if you're looking at building a flamey meltery kind of army and really want to lean into this theme is it as good as iron hands no um but i think if you're really into salamanders and you like that flamey theme then it's it's got the potential to to work incredibly well with some quite some quite specific units so things like aggressors with the flamestorm cannons yep. or the new uh, invicted tactical warsuit if with the incendium cannons yep um i think i think that could that could work i'm not looking to build you know a competitive army to be able to take on all comers at a tournament it's not my back so um you know but is there a building here there could well be you know i'm not sure i'd recognize it but there could well be but i think for me anything that starts off with let's build on this idea but saying that you know we were just chatting before we started there are some combos here that could make some quite powerful um amounts of damage output isn't there yeah i think Looking at these rules, if if you're looking at, I've got a, you know, my space wings are called the Space Bros, and I'm working out which of the many codex supplements to use to have a kind of great all-round, I don't know, battle force style army, then is the Salamander's book you're going to, is that the one that you're going to pick? Probably not. You're going to probably pick something more like Ultramarines or more like Iron Hands, where you've got flexibility or you know things like have the have devastated doctrine is active for the first turn so you see what i mean yeah yeah yeah. i'm not sure i'm not sure it's the kind of the best supplement ever in terms of generic but i think it'll it'll make some salamanders players quite happy yeah yeah i think i think by the time you start comboing some things up then yeah absolutely but i I think i think the other thing as well there's um there's some hints at some interesting stuff even in the little narrative snippets at the beginning um so i think here that says um, the Histan gathered fresh forces and strikes towards a distant world known as Zero, veiled in the shadows far beyond the Astronomicon's light. So it's like, I want to go play there. <laughs> yeah, what is there? Who, who, who's there? And how, how does a distant world get called Zero? I mean, there's a story right there. So I think for me, lots of little snippets in here. Um, obviously, that's very much tied into right now, but we obviously get plenty of background. Uh, the bad ab war is all featured so there's plenty to catch up on here you know you don't if you if you just salamander curious you can just get this and get all the background and and like all the others you know we, we get a page per company um i quite like the fifth company which are the drake hunters sounds pretty cool to me so i think there's and we get all of the all of the cool and again i think for new players you know can get a bit intimidated as to what all the symbols mean and where do they go and how does that work and again this is all explained here and the reasons why so um i think you know it's, it's got all you need to crack on with it yeah that makes sense um and also it's quite interesting how they haven't converted an existing character they've added a new one so 
Whereas Raven yes. Guard and White Scars got a converted existing character. Yes. Iron Hands got a, a new one, but they didn't have one before. And Salamanders. So Vulcan Hestan has not been primarisified. And they've got a new guy called Adrax Agaton. Yes. Captain of the Third Company. Yeah. And actually, he's very different and uh, actually compared to the more kind of bro-based, looking after each other kind of sentiment that Salamanders have. This guy's a bit more kick-ass and will do whatever needs to be done. And yeah, um, his um, his data sheet comp- sort of shows that quite nicely. He's 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 a beast, isn't he? Yeah, he's really. I think he's quite cool if you combine him with like kind of combat monsters because you something like assault centurions um, because he adds ones wound rolls for melee weapons uh, if they charged were charged or performed a heroic intervention and obviously that then uh, doubles up with plus one attack that you get for space marines um He's also fairly resilient in that he's got um, a reducing damage by one mechanic. So if you combine that with the uh, Salamander's chapter tactic, where you're reducing uh, our, or you're ignoring arm penetration of one, I think he's. Yeah, I think he's he's resilient enough for a uh, for a small model. He's only yeah. got he's only got six wounds. Uh, he's, and he's still got an iron halo as well. So yeah, yeah. I think there's... And but most importantly, he's a cool model. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's really nice. He's, he's really nice. And I think, again, interestingly, I, I definitely see um, these kind of s- short-range bubbles for stratagems and for, um, you know, uh, abilities and warlord traits so that I think, it, you know, they are going to be getting stuck in and not going to be at the back pointing with a pointy finger. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, one of the things I thought was quite interesting, though, was that there are, you mentioned the Bad Ab War earlier, there are two characters in the Forge World books. So you've got a, uh-huh. a captain and, of course, the character Dreadnought. Yes. So, interestingly, when we're going to start talking about um, warlord traits and things like that and relics, you can't give these to them. But when we talk about stratagems and uh, psychic powers, then, yes, you will be able to impact these models with those with those buffs so uh, the captain's just a kind of generic pa- captain he's got a, a named sword and a named um uh sorry he's got two named wep- uh, combat weapons yeah so he's got a minus three d3 damage uh something called cinder edge and then he's also got a um uh, like a kind of horde killer type unit which is after this model makes their normal close combat attacks make an additional single attack with this weapon against each enemy model within one inch so you put all your attacks into cinder edge for uh, AP3 D3 damage, and then you got kind of free, like it's, you don't even need to assign a, uh, one of his four attacks to it. You just get a free hit at strength user damage one AP oh, nothing. Okay. So it's it's not that not that amazing, but it's just you know it's better than a kick in the face. Yeah, um, it's, it's always it's always you always hate seeing somebody left on one wound, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also he's got this kind of duelist vibe. So he's got a rule called Master Duelist. Add two to his attacks whilst he's within one inch of an enemy character. Obviously, that then uh, combos with uh, Space Marines generating additional attacks when they charge. Yep. Uh, and he rerolls uh, hit rolls of one for you know Salamander units within six of himself. So standard captain rights of battle rules, uh, but clearly that affects himself. And he's got two up on weapon skill and two up on ballistic skill anyway. So that's that's good. Then um, Ash Mantle, the Dreadnought. He's got two Dreadfire claws which have a Dreadfire Heavy Flamer. So these are impacted by the Salamander Flamer rules, of course. Yeah. So he can... um, uh, Dreadfire Heavy Flamer is 8-inch heavy to D6, strength 6, AP 2, D3 damage. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, It's also got a pistol uh, version, which is pistol 2D6, strength 4, AP nothing, damage 1. So he doesn't doesn't have to get locked in combat. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, no. inter- interestingly, though, he can't be. He can only be the warlord if there's no other HQs present. So I'm sure you're likely to have more than one HQ. So I suspect he, he won't be the warlord. But I don't think you don't think you want him as your warlord because you want to give your a, a specific warlord trait to a non-named character. Yes. Yes. And that's that's a that's a nice dreadnought. That he's a cool-looking well. dreadnought. He's quite expensive points-wise. I can't remember what he ro- chimes in at. Um, I think close to 400 points or so. Wow. No groovy. Yeah, 400 points on the dot. I just had a look. Yep. That's pricey. So there we go. So that's moving into stratagems, which is this is where you can start to real, uh, really add some flavor. I think my favorite is Flamecraft. So for 2 CP, you basically max your flame shots. So all flame, majority of flame weapons, I think them all are, are you know, D3, D6, 2D6, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you basically, you max it. Um, that's cool on its own. I think when you've got um, other interesting things like Relentless Determination. Yeah which allow you to... A unit that moved counts as not moving. So aggressors can... Sh- Flamestorm aggressors can su- shoot twice with f- the Firestorm ability. So as long as they don't run, you can move them, then use the Relentless Determination to make them count as not moving. Yep. So they can use Flamestorm. And then you can use uh, Flamecraft to do maximum attacks. Yes. And, and it's getting quite CP heavy, but it's... Um, yeah, but I mean, if you're up against them um, kind of big Death Star unit or something you have to take off the objective, then that'll do it, won't it? Yeah. And then the, the interesting thing is when you get... It's quite um, an interesting way to lock down an enemy shooting unit is to get it into get it in combat and it would have to uh, retreat. It would have to withdraw and then not be able to shoot, therefore. Um, but you can use uh, immolation protocols. So in the shooting phase, uh, their flame weapons become pistol types. Yeah. So if you are really, really investing in flamestorm aggressors it's a nice way of keeping them safe from getting kind of tagged up yes yeah that's nice that's nice and again even down to things like um born protectors you know, the bonds of salamander's brotherhood run deep it allows you to overwatch as long as you're more than one inch away from any unit and within 12 of the target unit so uh, it just brings the flavor of that bonding that they've got into play i mean obviously you know do you want to watch paid 2cp to do it well that might not be very efficient but it'd be cool yeah and also i think it it helps because you're getting plus plus attacks when you intervene anyway yeah yes yeah yes and also that ability allows you to um heroically intervene at 2d6 Mm. so so maybe you know agatone's just out of range but suddenly he uses the last two cp lets them have it with all he's got and then charges in and finishes them off and yeah again, that, that that feels born protectors that looks great i like it and i suppose we do have to mention the uh the obvious one uh, which is kind of getting a lot of uh you know a little bit of flack online which is self-sacrifice so two cp you pick a salamander's infantry unit in your army um until the end of the phase enemy units can't target other infantry units that were within six inches of the selected unit unless that unit is the closest enemy unit to the firing unit and visible to it so much like we had that eldar um, psychic power that can kind of lock an, an opponent's shooting down you can put a a warlord you know because there's a way you can give them plus toughness through warlord traits and um uh, psychic powers so you could get a warlord that's really resilient and kind of tank for the rest of your infantry yeah and obviously you combine that with something like the stealthy trait from a successor chapters, you're really getting into some quite cheeky territory. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this was subject to an FAQ in a couple of weeks. So I wouldn't go out there and start planning your army. Into, to be honest, you know, with the Iron Hands FAQ coming up, you know, there's been a little bit of internet rage. But I think if you see something that's kind of super turbo death broken, then just wait, wait until you yeah. buy it. Yeah, I mean, 
we, we, we see a pattern. There is a pattern. If there is something that's, you know, slips through the net, it's a bit too powerful realistically for, you know, for play, it's going to get changed. So don't get angry when you've rushed out and, and bought all the most powerful, filthiest things you can, and then it gets changed. It's, it will get changed. Yeah. Or if it doesn't, then but just wait a couple of weeks and, you know, we're getting the FAQs now so quick compared to the olden days. So it's a bit of patience. Yeah, let's take that one said. Have a little patience. <laughs> so anything else in the um, uh, in the rules, so, so say like warlord traits that kind of strike strike you as interesting? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, one of the ones, and this is actually the one that you have to take with um, Agatone, is uh, the warlord trait of uh, Lord of Fire. So you can reroll the number of determined number of attacks made with flame weapons friendly salamander models within six. So when you run out of CP and you're not spending your two to max them out, you get a chance to reroll them. So again, you know when you lean heavily into that firepower and that's going to the ability to be able to make sure it does do what you need it to do because we all know what D six means. Yeah, one. <laughs> and you, you you know you've invested all that time so. The chance to roll again is very welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it means when you're when you're using your um, uh, flamecraft stratagem on one unit, you know the unit that really matters, you're still getting a bit of reliability with your other units. Without clearly, you wouldn't be able to use be able to use that again, would you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think I think again, it's just lovely little touches through here. You know, um, special issue war gear, for example, Promethean plate. Um, which means any attack against this model uh, with the relic and any unmodified roll of one, two, or three always fail, irrespective of the abilities of that weapon or the model making the attack may have. So, yeah, you've got some big grizzly or some las cannon firing at you. The ability just to, you know, get take those twos away or those threes away just makes you much more survivable, which then goes back to what we said at the beginning, which is, you know, they're resilient. They've got drake scale armor you know so i think yeah i like it i like it yeah i think my one of my favorites um vulcan's sigil so it just gives you plus one attack and you can um use it use like a activate it once per battle to give every salamander's unit within six plus one attack which then obviously <laughs> stacks with its natural plus one giving you the bearer the bearer plus two so on a unit like a smash captain or a jump slaplin or you know something like that where you can kind of you're up there with your aggressors or your centurions you know you could just go haywire and just dish out a whole bunch of attacks you know you charge you get extra attacks you use vulcan sigil you get extra attacks yeah i think it's got it's got potential you'd have to again you'd have to build you have to work out which which one of these little threads you're going to exploit and i don't mean that in a negative way as in like which one of these little threads you're going to kind of really go into and and kind of invest in that yeah i I think that's you know in some ways you know what you can do is you can that kind of um theme if you like or that kind of um kind of focusability you know can easily be connected back to one of the companies so i don't see it as being gamey it's about bringing the models to life in a way that they look and we know how they work so yeah no they're cool they're cool i think you can build a really resilient kind of tough combat army with salamanders which strikes you you strikes me as strange initially because you think they're kind of shooting and flamey but then flamey weapons tend to be quite close support so you're probably up in your opponent's grill relatively close anyway so being able to because you could combine something like a warlord trait of anvil of strength which is plus two strength and then the uh psychic power you can have plus one toughness so you're not only punchy but you're also resilient you then also have let's say the drake scale cloak that you were talking about yep 
Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, the Promethean Plate. Uh, Drake's Steel Cloak is a, an artifact from an Age of Sigmar um, <laughs> battle tome, <laughs> which is an army <laughs> that I'm facing. <laughs> I'm facing it this weekend. That's why I've been looking up Drake's Scale Cloaks. Um, Drake's Scale Cloak, interestingly, gives you a five up in uh, sort of feel no pain style save after you lose a wound. But uh, that's not in the Salamander's book. That's in the Cities of Sigmar book. <laughs> I'm, of course, talking about the Promethean Plate, which you unmodified wound rolls of one, two, or three always fail. So, yeah, you can kind of. You could build something that kind of hits hard on on the punch against the unit against an army that's already been softened up by a lot of flame, and then it has a sticking power to kind of stay around for another another couple of combat rounds. So you're not you're not a glass hammer. I, I quite like it overall. I quite like it. As I say, I don't think it's the the be all and end all about. No. Uh, it's not the last word in in space marine armies, but I think it's I think it's interesting. It knows what it is, and it plays to those strengths. If you really want to play that, there's lots to have here, but. You know, I don't know that it's going to be, it's not going to be super flexible for sort of tournament play, says the narrative player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I suppose for me, that's why I'm excited about it, because it, it very much is building on what you know and what they do. I'll be proved wrong, of course, because somewhere there'll be a, a great build and that will go and smash them, smash everything up. And maybe resilience is the way to go. Do you know what I mean? It's as... Um, there's, there is so many options, even down to the Promethean disciplines that the librarians have. You know, we've got Drake skin there, which is um, plus one toughness on a unit. So I think you know, there's all sorts of uh, there's all, all sorts of different ways of skinning it. Yeah, and that that combos well with the plus two toughness you can get from Forge Master Warlord trait. So yes. you suddenly your plus three toughness, which is pretty sweet. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so nice. There we go. That is, I think, Salamanders. Yep. And we've also got Imperial Fists. Yes. Got JCB guys. JCB, bright yellow. Yeah. Saying that, I, I really like the color. So I think, I think obviously, you know, Space Marines come in all sorts of different flavors and all sorts of different colors. Um, I think in some ways, the guy, the roles of this guys, these guys, I kind of see them being kind of happy to be seen. They're kind of we're not hiding in the shadows here. We're not sneaky. We're we're just these absolute massive roadblocks, or we're going to be marching at your fortification and we're going to just smash it down, and we don't care. And I and I, I, I yeah, I don't mind it actually. I think I think it kind of fits them. That kind of really boldness of it. And what do you think about the Imperial Fist as a, as a chapter? You know, is it something you're you'd consider doing? Um, I think what you said earlier, which is, you know, they are space marines with a specialist role. So I think for me, no, I don't know. Uh, I do think they are going to need to be, um, you're definitely going to need to get your combos right and get everything sorted so that you, you can get them do what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Like I say, I think they always look great rolled out in the same way i'd always like to see them a bit dustier you know rather than factory fresh i know that's what heavy metal does because you know that's how they're, they're done but when you see them and they're a bit dustier yeah you know, they, like they bright, to... bright yellow but dark sort of dirty weathering i think suits yes. if you can do weathering well and you're happy to paint yellow then imperial fists are a great modeling project yes i think the other thing is um just getting technical here the that yellow is a great color for doing chipping because you can go down to the sort of darker metal highlight the edges with white and you can get quite a really good effect of depth that 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 that, that sword cut that claw mark that bullet hole whatever it is um you know can naturally work quite well and kind of sing out whenever you whereas if you've got dark armor and you put a dark cut in it and you just get a highlight it's, it's 
there's not enough contrast in it so yeah exactly i, I like them what about you dan do you like them uh, they are not my favorite sons of dawn as you well know um i think i've always i've never been hugely into them i've never it's just never really struck me as an army that i'd like to do maybe it's the fact that yellow is a bit of a pain in the bottom to paint um, oh yes but you know that's what airbrushes are for i i just think that i, I really like black templars um black's clearly you know easy to do if you can do it if you want to do it simply um so i painted up a black i had a black templar army a while ago also i studied the crusades i did a history degree and i studied the crusades uh whilst i was at university many a year ago um so the black templars really kind of they really resonate with kind of what i what i've studied in history so um i quite like them so also crimson i've always considered crimson fists uh, just because they're like they're like imperial fists but slightly easier to paint (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no i don't i'm not gonna i can't see myself doing a crimson fist and imperial fist army in a hurry at the moment um that said i i had an idea to do that uh unnumbered sons project so that that could be a way of using these rules i'm kind of not going off that idea but because i'm focusing on my sons of medusa so much i kind of i'm sticking to that for now yeah and if I was going to do another, if I'm going to add Space Marines, I might as well just add more to the Sons of Medusa. And if I'm going to do another brand new project, I'd like to do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with uh, Psychic Awakening bringing us new options for so many factions. Who yeah. knows what could pop up? I mean, most importantly, with so many psychers being awoken, I think there need to be some crusading witch hunters with massive swords, you know, doing a bit <laughs> of um, whack-a-mole. So when a psychic <laughs> pops up, goes, oh, I have awoken, then there needs to be a crusading badass that's ready to smash them back down. Yeah, yeah. You're the man to do it, Dan. Exactly. So enough enough about that. Let's talk about the rules. So chapter tactics, Imperial Fists have the Siege Master uh, special rule. So when resolving an attack made with a ranged weapon by a model with this tactic, the target does not receive the benefit of cover. And if that attack was made with a bolt weapon, an unmodified hit roll of six scores one additional hit. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, and Crimson Fist gets something quite similar. Um, however, when resolving an attack made by a model with this tactic against a unit that contains at least five or more models, uh, add one to the hit roll and a vehicle's count as five. So, and then, then it has, the, as I say, it's quite similar because it then has, when you resolve an uh, attack with a bolt weapon, a score of a six co- scores an additional hit. Yep. And of course, we have the Doctrine kind of supplement thing, uh, which is the Legacy of Dawn. Whilst the Devastator Doctrine is active, when resolving an attack made with a heavy weapon by a model with this ability against a vehicle or a building unit, add one damage characteristic of that weapon for that attack. Now, I've got, I've got two kind of points to make here. So it's whilst the Devastator Doctrine is active, so that's fantastic because that's active in the first turn, so you can take advantage of that from the get-go. That's interesting. Whereas yep. the Salamander's was clearly tactical, yep. so it could only be used from turn two onwards. Yep. But as cool as this is, when was the last, like, buildings... I just I see all these Imperial Fist building rules and just and kind of roll my eyes and I feel a little bit sorry for Imperial Fist players because I, do, I, I don't know like who's taking buildings how's is that really useful um it's it's of questionable use in some games not only that but the other benefit is to uh vehicles so that's great if you're facing vehicles but Tyranids don't have any vehicles so I, I guess this comes. So yes, great points done. I mean, I think for me this comes down to another book that is bringing to life exactly the role of this chapter. And you know, if you were um, in charge of deciding which chapter goes where, would you really send the Imperial Fists to go and deal with a load of Tyranids? No, that's that's not their role. It's not their specialist job, you know. Um, so it is difficult that when you're playing pickup games or you're playing games where you would just end up facing something, you know, 
I don't know, the York Court or whatever it is, that could happen. Of course that could happen. But in the future, you you know, how did they get on the planet? Surely we've known who's on the planet. There's obviously ways of finagling that. But I, I think for me, this feels like an army that your mate's got, uh, you know, maybe got the a, 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 all the tower buildings and they've got a, a defensive line that they're trying to do. So suddenly it's like, okay, well, what would you send against that? Well, probably wouldn't send the salamanders, would you, against the tower gun line? Yeah, but it's not necessarily a case about, you know, I get, obviously we're now discussing narrative stuff and that's not really the point I was making. Um, <laughs> So yeah, yes, I have I have no comeback to that. I, I'm looking at this purely like if in terms of consistency, it's a fantastic trait. It's brilliant against vehicles. Um, but I think you'd be upset if you're going playing a five game tournament and you play a Tyranny player with a bunch of monstrous creatures and you play a Tau player with a bunch of Riptides and you're suddenly none of them are in vehicles, none of them are in buildings, and you're just thinking, oh, this is frustrating because you know a large proportion of my games, my chapter tactic uh, doctrine supplement thing isn't uh isn't helping me so that's yeah. that's my that's my thing but that said when it is against vehicles it's amazing so add one to the damage characteristic is so cool yeah because there's a lot of things out there that are you know high high volume of shots but they're only damage one and that is the balancing factor yes so you're thinking even just something like um bolter aggressors you know they are they are anti-horde suddenly they're actually not almost you know you're getting to a point where you shred through vehicles yes yeah now i i, I think for me it's, it's, it's very much about these guys have got a job to do and they do it really well um if you want an army that is more flexible then this isn't the chapter for you yeah and yeah you're absolutely right you you, you know you, you face the wrong thing and you're not going to do so well um or you're or, or, you know, you agree that with the, you know, bring my army, I bring my terrain and we play on that and we, you know, we reenact this battle or whatever. So I think, um, I still think this book brings to life what they do really well um, through the rules that you get, but they, they are very much a single role, aren't they? Yeah, but I, I think, you know, the, the number of vehicles in the meta is, is fairly healthy. So I think they are a good choice. I'm just saying that, like, you know, in terms of consistency, I think there's a risk that they might be a little bit tricky at times. Um, one important thing to note is also they, both Imperial Fists and Crimson Fists, do have a specialist detachment in the Vigilist book. And I think the Imperial Fist one in particular, who's the Siegebreaker cohort, that affects uh, Centurions, Dreadnoughts, Vindicators and Captains. Um, so I think if you've got Centurions with Seismic Devastation, which is every ro- wound roll of a 6+, plus does an additional mo- uh, an immortal wound, in addition, if it's against a vehicle or building. So let's say your heavy bolter aggressors, no, sorry, not aggressors, um, centurions. Yeah. So you're adding one to the damage and you're also doing mortal wounds on top of it with a lot of DACA. I think yeah. I think that's, you know, that's that's quite useful. So I think that's important to remember that we've got that in the background. You can add, you can use a, a couple of stratagems to make things a lot better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talking of stratagems, are there any, any there that strike you as uh, particularly impressive or useful for the Imperial Fists? Uh, I like Tank Hunters. Obviously. 2CP. Uh, resolving attack against more in the, the Imperial Fists against that selected unit. Add one to the wound roll. So... That's interesting because that that com- that combos well with seismic devastation because it's not uh, a natural six; it's a six plus. Okay. So suddenly you're generating mortal wounds on a five up. Nice. Yes, that's cool. I like that. I like that. So uh, the shield of unwavering, two CP again. All the good ones are costly, aren't they? Um, select one infantry unit from your army that's within three inches, three inches of an objective marker. 
start of your next turn, add one to the attacks characteristics. And when resolving an attack made against that unit, add one to the saving throw. Yeah, that's really quite cool. So we've got there. We're keeping it. Can we get it? I, I think that's, you know, if you're on the objective that you need to hold to win the game, yeah, you're, you're keeping two CP just for that. Yeah. Um, it also combos quite well with um, bolster defences, which is one CP. So once per battle at the start of the movement phase, uh, one Imperial Fist infantry unit entirely on or within the terrain feature can get an additional plus one to their armor save as long as they've remained stationary. Nice. So I think that I think that's quite nice, isn't it? You know, plus one to save. If if it's if they're on object on an objective and in terrain, you're getting plus two to save. You get a plus one attack as well. I don't know. It's just that that's definitely that sums up what Imperial Fist is all about. It's kind of like you know gritted teeth, determination in cover on an objective. You know, defending it. So the, well, that's quite a crimson fisty type thing, isn't it? Like I just think it's cool. That's that's yeah. a cool cool image. Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. I also like the geokinesis disciplines that the uh, librarians have. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, we've got uh, tectonic purge, rack and ruin, iron inferno, fortify, aspect stone, and chasm. So again, they're very much shattering walls, opening things in the ground. Um, there, we talked about being able to stay on the objective, fortify. Um, Restor- uh, oh, that's restoring D3 lost wounds to an infantry or biker model within 12. Yeah. Yeah, and only warp charge 4 as well, so... Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Um, and if you... Yeah, if you, if you if you are the one that's actually stood on it with the rest of the guys, then Aspect of the Stone gives you plus 2 strength and toughness. So again, it's, it, that's the whole idea of you just absolutely kind of grinding your feet into the ground and saying i'm not moving so i like it yeah no that's that's fairly nice um in terms of warlord traits you've got another one that combos well with the plus one to wound so add one to wound rolls against buildings and vehicles so you could combine that with seismic devastation to need five ups because captains become siege breakers as well yeah yeah and then you then take the what is it the stratum that gives you plus one tank hunters as well so you can make a tank hunting captain with seismic devastation and siege master and you're doing mortal wounds on a four i know that's clearly that's clearly quite specific but it's interesting yeah 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 no no i think again we're just seeing that understanding what the theme is and just chaining these things together just to bring them to life it's great i think i think you're right these are not necessarily as uh, is sexy with all the things they can do as perhaps some of the other chapters. But the, what they do, they do really well. Yeah, I, and I think it allows you to make a really cool thematic force, if I'm honest. Um, yes. I'd be, if I was going to do it, I think you go uh, Siegebreaker Cohort and you do a whole bunch of Centurions who are really competitively costed at the moment. Yes, yeah, no, I think so. Um, obviously, we've also got a nice new model as well. Ah, of course, yeah, we completely skipped the uh, the chin, didn't we? <laughs> Mr. Chin himself. Yes, Tor. Tor Garadon, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. What do you think of him? But I mean, I, the model's quite busy. He's um, got like a targeter on top of his head, a gun on top of his head. A, 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 yeah, I can, I like it. It's a cool model. It's just, it's quite busy. Yeah, uh, but but all the, the all the toys do things, though, don't they? The um, Sigmund Ray is good. Start yeah, your shooting face. Give someone two one. up. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'd, maybe 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 it's my bias of not really liking Imperial Fist. If this was painted like green with a white helmet, I'd be like best Sons of Medusa character ever. <laughs> but I'm looking and thinking, nah, some bloke in yellow, dislike. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't. So yeah, so with, actually with the Sigmund Ray and Rights of Battle, it's a uh, 
to yeah. uh, reroll ones. Yeah, I think he's cool. Uh, it's a sh- he's only a captain, not a chapter master, which is a little bit of a shame. Um, so you don't get all the rerolls; you just get ones. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think with things like aggressors and centurions. The army's shaping up to uh, to be quite daiquiri. I think you just go for like as as daiquiri as possible. Lots of low damage hits, and you just buff the damage against yeah. things like vehicles. And obviously, and that way, that counteracts the, the the thing I was saying earlier of if you don't face any vehicles, then you've got lots of daiquiri anyway. So yeah. you've got lots of way to clear hordes. The only thing you don't then have is um, things to take out monstrous creatures and things like that. Yeah, but then that's that's the risk you take in in army design. Maybe you just maybe you take sixty percent of your army as lots of daca and you still take something that's specifically good at taking down down uh down knights and vehicles and things and then it, they just become even better at doing that with the imperial fists yeah yeah there is a picture of one with the crimson fists but i'd always want to think about taking some vindicators with these guys yeah it's a very it's a classic a classic siege vehicle isn't it yeah that's quite hurty so it's demolished cannon 24 inches Heavy D6, strength 10, P minus 3, D6. Yeah, D6 plus 2 against vehicles. Yeah. That's cool. I think I think there's um, some interesting forge rod options. So, again, the Leviathan Dreadnought could be pretty cool. Um, the problem with the Vindicator is that, I don't know, how many shots is it? D6. Yeah. I think you go for something <laughs> with a bit more, you know, like we said earlier with Salamanders, you know what D6 means, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. One shot. <laughs> I think you go something with a little bit more consistency of, of number of shots. Um, so something like a Leviathan Dreadnought or a Contemptor Dreadnought, you know, re- Relic Contemptor Dreadnought. Yeah. With the re-rolls, re-roll ones buff. Yeah. Can be pretty tasty. Yeah. That's with so many of these things. It's, it is exploring the, the the options and the threads. And then, you know, this might be a challenge to build as a, uh, you know, taken on all comers. But I'm sure there's something there that you could do. Um, and yeah, just being hard to kill. I mean, that's... A, that's a good thing to start with, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. T- tell me about it. You're talking to an Iron Hands player. Yes. Definitely something good to start with. <laughs> well, there we go. That's that's Imperial Fists. That's Salamanders. And it's uh, the whole bunch of chat at the beginning about um, the various different things we've got on the horizon. I mean, overall, as you know, these that's the supplements range done for now, isn't it? I, th- I think we've had a, a good old a good old show. We've had some rules that are stronger than others, but then they've also been reined in. It'll be interesting to see post FAQ what uh, Imperial Fists and Salamanders look like. Um, but to be honest, I'm I'm really optimistic. I'm really looking forward to seeing where where things go because we we don't have a huge amount on the horizon, do we? Apart from uh, yeah, I say we don't have a huge amount. There's like a whole campaign series coming, <laughs> um, but there's we don't know what the next codex is apart from sisters, do we? No, no, absolutely. So I wouldn't be surprised, as I say, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a rumor of or a reveal of what what codex is to come. Um, you know. Astra Militarum could do with an update, potentially. Yeah. You know, is that going to be done via Psychic Awakening? So, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. But I think that the critical thing is that you've still got the non-Codex compliant chapters that are still in kind of version one of, of their Codex. So, Codex compliant Space Marines, up to date, good to go. Yeah. But Blood Angels, Dark Angels, and Space Wolves still need need updating. And uh, yeah. I can see those, you know, I can see that happening relatively soon. And if if Blood Angels are as good as Iron Hands, then I can see myself <laughs> resurrecting my Blood Angels army, uh, which I still have. It's all old Marines. Um, so, you know, my, my Sons of Medusas are my Primaris Marines and uh, my Blood Angels yeah. are, are like a non-Primaris Marines. Equally, I do like, I know I give them rubbish, I give them bad chat, but I do like Dark Angels. <laughs> I do like Ravenwing are cool, Deathwing yeah. are cool. Yeah. Like, 
The green's a cool color. I don't know. Watch this space. We'll see. We're, we're, and uh, not too fast about space walls. What about you? Um, uh, there's there's lots I like about them, but I think I'd do something else beforehand. I'd do space walls over Blood Angels, but Get I'd do out Salamanders. Of town. <laughs> Uh, yeah again i think for me it's breaking with that kind of um kind of almost uh robotic kind of basic space marine their doctrine they're they're um well trained they're just these absolute stalwarts and then you get things like the space wolves which have got you know their difference makes them interesting yeah isn't the, the, it? They're, they're not just this kind of vanilla like i am a space marine i am good at everything they're like and that, that's what i like about the blood angels dark angels is they're they're flawed so yes. you know blood angels have obviously got you know the black rage and the red thirst dark angels have obviously got the fact that they're were a little bit naughty back in the heresy um, yes. space wolves are you know wild and ferocious and and a little bit mystical so there's, there's, yeah, as you say, there's something a little bit interesting about them, which is, I guess is why I went for something like a chapter, like Sons of Medusa, because there's a little bit about them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm still, I've, I've read a few of the books and stuff, and still very much intrigued about um, the Death, Death Watch. I think for me, they're an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's also quite a cool elite army. So yeah. You know, it's a small project. And to be honest, that would work well with your 40k coppers. Yes. Wouldn't it? You know, yeah, very much. The ultimate, you know, they, they discover a Xenos, you know, thing and the Death Watch are called in to, to fix it. Yeah. And they Pro- just probably, to... probably then also executing all the, uh, all the 40k <laughs> coppers just so the, uh, the rumors don't get out. But, uh, you know, it could briefly be a, a loving and satisfying friendship. <laughs> yeah but i think yeah that makes perfect sense so yeah i keep looking at keep looking at them they could be they'd be good fun to to paint up as well i think just to i mean black's tricky i find black quite tricky to paint nicely uh but being able to bring out all those spot colors from the, the chapters they've come from i think it's cool and gives them loads of character and like i say it's elite so you know you're not doing bucket loads of models no absolutely right talking bucket loads of models i think i'm gonna go paint some sons of Medusa. do it get get your Brightest green out. Get, get all the greens out. Oh, that's what I'm yep. doing, actually. I'm airbrushing some greens because I've, I've run out of green things to paint and I need to airbrush some greens. So <laughs> if you want to see some airbrushing of green things, you can check me out on Twitter. I'm at DangerMouse425. Steve? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at TinRacerSteve. However, most importantly, the podcast is at AOTI40K on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you'd like to email us, we are ashesoftheimperium at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can also go to anchor.fm slash AOTI40K and you can leave us a voice note, like voicemail type thing, and we can play it on the podcast, talk about whatever it is, whether it's a hobby update or a question you have about an army. More than happy, send a voice note in and we can we can chat. So all that remains is to wish you very happy hobbying and see you next time. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs>